What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. I hope you enjoyed the new shortened version of the intro. I just kind of figured with these episodes coming out as regularly as they do and being like nearly 150 episodes in at this point, you know, you didn't really need a whole 25, 30 second guitar intro, whatever it was. Just kind of felt right to do it with the with the short one. I don't know why. Anyway, in the spirit of keeping things short and snappy and getting to it, in the last episode, well, recently I was talking about where does digital, not last episode, episode before last, where does digital guitar technology go next? And I was wondering if instead of just simply focusing as a core on replicating sounds, primarily if you look at digital amp modeling, trying to replicate our favorite tube amp sounds, for example, instead of that being the core of what digital technology would do and other technologies coming into guitar world and guitar technology going forward maybe the core would be on yeah the creation of new sounds whether those sounds would be very similar to what we used to hearing whether that would be you know the more experimental probably a mix of both certain things would appeal to certain people certain things would appeal to other people but whether it would change focus in that way and look more towards yeah sound creation yeah and new possibilities not just in terms of functions but in terms of the actual sounds themselves rather than simply at their core, focusing on the recreation of classic sounds, sounds that everybody knows and loves. I also, a little further ago than just a couple episodes, this was a month or two ago at this point, did another episode where I talked about the electroacoustic guitars. It's a massive long episode going through all, not all of them, but quite a few of the standout pieces of technology and innovations and different versions of the electroacoustic guitar and hybrid guitars as the as a kind of a slightly different mode of electroacoustic guitar making hybrid acoustic guitars and the different technologies in them that were all being put towards trying to trying to solve the problem of the electroacoustic guitar which is basically the whole purpose of the electroacoustic guitar trying to make the instrument sound when amplified exactly as it sounds when you're just playing it not amplified in the room, trying to make an amplified acoustic guitar sound just like an acoustic guitar. It's a difficult thing to do. All these different systems, all these different pickup systems, the innovations of companies like Fishman trying to LR bags, these guys trying to find a way to get the amplified signal of an acoustic guitar or, you know, maybe even more specifically when you're talking about recording as well, the direct signal from an acoustic guitar in an electroacoustic guitar to sound just like an acoustic guitar when you're in the room, when you're just sitting there playing it. Now, the concepts of these two different episodes kind of came crashing together for me today when I saw the big gear, new gear announcement of the day. You might have seen it if you've gone on and looked at, I guess, wherever you get your guitar news, whatever website, channel, page, whatever, wherever you get your new guitar news, you've probably seen it mentioned that Fender have added a new model to the Acoustasonic series. They did the Telecaster, they did the Strap, and now they've done the Acoustasonic Jazzmaster. Um, You know, not crazy or surprising. In fact, there was kind of like a leak sort of thing um, not that long ago uh, that the the Acoustasonic Jazzmaster or an offset uh, Fender body shape Acoustasonic was coming to be added to the, the lineup. I don't know whether that was a you know, one of those deliberate leaks to kind of build interest and so on and so forth. It was kind of perfectly timed before this official announcement. They could always have moved this official announcement up to match with that. But, you know, it's come with like videos and demos and things and explanations of the tech that have been produced. So 
probably not that probably not that that's the case could just be in a leak or it could be the case that that was kind of a a little teaser thing anyway regardless the Acoustasonic Jazzmaster is here. Now, I did talk all about the Acoustasonic series, the technology in there, how that contributes to trying to solve the electroacoustic guitar kind of problem and make a better hybrid guitar. This would definitely fit into the hybrid guitar kind of section because it's not just an, uh, a more standard, quote-unquote, standard electroacoustic. It has uh, the potential to be used solely as an acoustic, has the potential to be used more as a traditional electric guitar because it has a standard guitar, electric guitar pickup in it, all of the Acoustasonics. Um, you know, just like the Taylor T5 stuff and the Go Dance stuff that we talked about as well. Um, but you can also use it as it has the kind of same technology in there as well as a as most electroacoustics. So it kind of spans all of those. Now, the reason that this new model in the Acoustasonic range kind of brought all these different thoughts together. And like I say, the thoughts about digital tech and the electroacoustic thing together was kind of interesting it's to do with specific things about how this has been announced and what's being talked about and the slight tweaks in the tech that are in this this jazz master acoustasonic as compared to the others because you know if Fender were just to bring out another acoustasonic like i said it was kind of mentioned that they would i wasn't gonna revisit the subject because i did that massive long episode talking about it i talked about the acoustasonics on there quite a lot i talked about them in terms of that progression of technology to try and solve the electroacoustic guitar problem you know, I'd kind of done all of that, and I, and I and I'm for that reason not going to go deep into the technology and go like, oh, if you don't know how the Acoustasonic works, this is how it works. Um, I will maybe link to like the video showing off this Acoustasonic or another one, just so that if you're not aware of how it works, uh, you can check it out. Um, if you want to know everything that I'm blabbing on about, you can go back and check out my episode. I think it's called the Electro Solving the Electroacoustic Guitar Problem a space odyssey or something so stupid like that um if you if you just search electroacoustic for this podcast it will come up it's probably about an hour long um it goes into all sorts of different technologies talks about the high vibe talks about godan you know all of this stuff different developments the fishman did the stuff done with taylor guitars that's kind of a precursor to the the basic kind of modeling and profiling um, you know, very much profile if you used to like a Kemper making a sound profile things. That's sort of what was done uh, in terms of capturing the sound of certain types of acoustic guitars, classic acoustic guitars going into certain amps, down in a studio environment, capturing the profile of that and then applying that sound profile to what you're playing. That was kind of the technology that was developed, you know, developing this whole different technology to try and solve the electric acoustic guitar problem. It's really fascinating to me. So I can end up going down the exact same thing and just repeating myself <laughs> for the same hour of content that I've already done. Um, but go and check that out because I, I don't want to fall down that rabbit hole and I don't just want to go back over what the Acoustasonic series does and how that's different to what other technologies do. What I want to focus on is specifically how the new announcement for Fender, which I didn't really plan on talking about yet. I don't come on here to do free advertising for like the biggest corporation in guitar like it's not really it's not really what you know i don't really want to do it regardless but if you were going to do it it's a big if you kind of want to get paid for it wouldn't you like sitting here doing the fender marketing division's job for them for free is not really what i'm interested in spending my time doing so i was not planning on talking about it at all but the reason i thought i would is just because it brought together these ideas of what i was talking about with digital technology in the past and kind of brought it together with what I was talking about in that episode about solving the electroacoustic guitar problem. So this technology that's in the Acoustasonic series is 
focused on that. It's about creating. It's kind of like I was talking about in this digital podcast as well. You can see the connection. It's about using digital technologies and new technologies to better recreate a sound. But instead of with a Kemper or an Axfex or a Helix, using digital technology to try and recreate the sound of our favorite valve amps or whatever, tube amps, whatever you want to call them, uh, <laughs> you know, or favorite pedals or favorite combinations of our favorite amps, favorite pedals. Instead of doing that, the target here is to recreate the sound of a acoustic guitar being recorded with a very, very nice microphone or a very nice acoustic guitar just even in the room, right? That's the idea is we know acoustics sound nice when they're in the room. You've got a beautiful acoustic made out, nice tone woods, sounds great in the room. We also know as producers have worked their magic for years that certain combinations of certain microphones with those guitars with perfect mic placement and usually a bit of a stereo mic setup or or kind of even going to something a bit more complicated than that quite often with quite expensive mics in nice acoustically treated rooms even also sounds really nice we know that we can capture the sound of an acoustic guitar that sounds really nice through those kinds of methods so this is using digital technology to create a direct signal that basically solves the electroacoustic guitar problem, creates a direct signal or an amplified signal because you can plug it into a guitar amplifier, an acoustic guitar amplifier that sounds as good as the acoustic in the room or the acoustic going through a set of very expensive, beautiful, wonderfully, perfectly placed stereo microphones. So that is how digital technology is being used here. However, Fender already have two acoustasonic guitars. They've already got two. And would there be any point in releasing another one that's the offset shape just because then it would be the offset shape? There maybe would be. People might prefer that body shape. But you got to remember, that's a bit of a weird way around to do it. Like if you already had the Jazzmaster, let's say that was the first Acoustasonic, you might then go, well, let's release a Strat and or a Tele because those body shapes are more popular, more beloved, and that might attract more people. That would make sense. Maybe. But this way around doesn't really make sense because you've already got your two most popular body shapes, iconic body shapes out there. Of course, the Fender offset shape is a classic in its own right. I don't dispute it. This is not about whether you like it or not or whatever. But you've already got your two generally most widespread appeal body shapes out there. Why would you put in the effort to develop another one? Seems a bit kind of just inconsequential just to bring out an offset wouldn't it um it wouldn't really be that interesting and you know it's associated more as kind of like a yeah you know it's it's the 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 jazz master and the jaguars appeal to certain people and certain musicians but they don't have that widespread appeal right so seems a bit waste seems a bit of a silly thing to do it also would feel like a bit of a wasted opportunity because you're dealing with technology here which is constantly developing and there's lots of possibilities within that platform of an acoustasonic and you could totally see if the acoustasonic in terms of sales and interest from the public the business side of things if that holds up and they want to keep developing the series you can see them even just within the telly body shape or the strap body shape coming out with new variations new technologies new options on the blend circuit new you know quote-unquote profiled or modeled acoustic guitar simulations basically but you know new profiled or modeled sounds that you have as your options you know between the five-way switch and the blend knob you have all those different options those could become new options and you've got technology in there which is constantly developing has a lot of room to play with um 
And therefore, you could see them in the future just coming up with, you know, updated models, right? Like every guitar company does every single year is our new version of the model, something different, but not just something different. This would be maybe more relatable because of the digital technology to like a digital modeling uh, amps in kind of software like an AxeFX or something. The update wouldn't just be different um, like we see with here's the new range of Strats this year, here's the new range of Tailays this year. You could actually also do significantly and kind of even demonstrably better. You know, like with an AxeFX, they don't just go, whoa, it's the same AxeFX you've always loved, but now in a new range of colors um, with a different fretboard radius. And you go, what the hell does a fretboard radius mean on an AxeFX? Um, you know, it's it's actually distinctly we've improved the technology. Uh, because of the technology in these, you could see that they could bring out the lines, the new lines each year, the Acoustasonic Strat or the Tele, or every few years maybe would be a bit more realistic. Uh, along with their new models that they announce at NAM, but as well as being new colors or this, that, or the other, oh, we've changed this a little bit, we changed that a bit, there's some new options. They've actually updated the tech as well. So they already have that. You don't need another body shape to do that. So it'd be a bit of a waste if you just brought out a new body shape. And also, if you brought out a new body shape and didn't update the tech, it would be a complete waste of time, wouldn't it, really? If you think about it, it'd be a complete wasted opportunity. If you're going to add to the Acoustasonic range, it really makes sense that you do so in a way which also adds to the capabilities of the technology and shows off further even more the capabilities of the technology. And so that's what they've actually done, which I think is really smart. They've not just gone, here's the same Acoustasonic thing, but with a Jazzmaster. The basic concept is the same, but the sounds in the Jazzmaster are different and the tech and the loadout in it is a little bit different as well. The other reason this also makes sense, and this is like in the Fender marketing stuff, and I'm going to try and like delineate a little bit what's marketing and what's actually, I think, kind of interesting. Um, but I think they've done the marketing of it and the like pres presentation of it cleverly because it actually really does make sense. Like... It's done in marketing speak and some of it you could easily see people dismissing of like, well, you've pulled that out of your ass. But I actually think to be fair, a lot of this, once you dismiss the kind of marketing speak of it, um, you know, I think there's a lot in here that really does make a lot of sense. And this is one example of that. Part of the reason they've remodeled and you get um, a different selection of sounds on this model in the technology, the selection of sounds are different to the ones included in the other Acoustasonic. Um and part of the reason for that, they've said, is not just updates for the sake of updates, although, like I say, that makes sense in itself, as well as updating and giving you more options, showing something new, showing something new that the technology can do and actually giving you an option that is distinct and different and not just a vague recreation of one of the other Acoustasonics, as well as all of that. It's also uh, that the sounds that they've created specifically for the Jazzmaster version work a little bit better for the Jazzmaster version specifically because it does resonate differently. It does have a different tone to it, the Jazzmaster one, because it's this bigger body shape. Um, and that means it gave them a bit more possibility for recreating some of the tones of big-bodied acoustic guitars and that they'd be able to do that a bit more accurately um, and a bit better with the technology because you've got that natural kind of resonance to work with than with the quite dinky in terms of the space it takes up and, and the body uh, of like the Strat Acoustasonic, for example. I think that's interesting. Um, I'll let the, you know, the experts weigh in on whether they think that's right or whether they think this technology doesn't really rely on the body resonance as much, all as much as that. Um, but, you know, acoustic guitar making basics, if this has a bigger body, that is going to change the way, differently shaped body as well. It's going to change 
the way that it resonates. And so the interaction with that technology could mean that certain sounds are better for this than they would be for this track tail and vice versa. And so that I think is a cool thing that makes sense. The big, big, big difference, of course, that, that you'll notice is that um, while the other two had a, as their electric guitar element component, the electric guitar pickup on the others was a noiseless single coil. This has got a humbucker in it. Uh, it's got a Tim Shaw designed humbucker. It's not some other humbucker they've stuck in it. It's specially designed. To, I think it's called like the Tim... I think it's just called like the Shaw Acoustasonic. Or the, is it called the Acoustasonic Shawbucker? Is that what it's called? Um Oh, it makes sense because they're usually called shawbuckers, right? But anyway, uh, I think it's called the Acoustic Shawbucker. It's very cool looking as well. It's the sort of black bar in there. It's kind of interesting looking. Um, specifically designed for this, which is cool. Again, with with the different resonant qualities and everything of this, it makes sense that they're designing pickups for these and not just sticking in other pickups. As anyone does with these hybrid guitars, the pickups really always have to be specially made and, and that makes complete sense. Then, of course, the sound of that pickup is taken into consideration. Rather than just using the same pickup that's in the other strats and tellies, you've got this bigger bodied guitar. You're changing other things about the other technological elements. They've updated some things as well. It makes sense that you've got this other pickup in here. So, okay, again, I'm sliding into doing Fender's job for them. I think this makes sense that they've made some made bigger changes than just it's a different body shape this is a distinct thing in the acoustasonic series which offers different sounds and a different approach to the other two items in it you know than the strat one and the telly one uh they've kind of seemed to be saying i don't know but if i can judge this really without trying the guitar but they've tailored these sounds around the fact that the bigger body means kind of different resonant qualities of the jazz master so it can have different sounds and also it's going to be paired with in the kind of blend modes especially with this humbucker and this humbucker especially designed for the guitar as well so you're getting a whole new range of palette of sounds anyway so they might as well go all out on that and, and create new sounds for this and um, really give it a lot that's distinct and different about it i think that all makes sense but where does this tie into my thoughts on digital tech and where digital tech might go because this is all so far i'm sure you're listening to this thing and this is all basically the same thing that the other acoustic were doing it's just doing it with a bit more of a tailoring to this body shape but same thing right still trying to recreate the sound of acoustics absolutely that's at the that's a really kind of you know a big thing that's at the core of what the acoustic do however to set it apart further from the strat and the tele the way that Fender are presenting this, and again, I can't judge t- to what extent they, they are successful in terms of this actually being something that's very much there in the guitar, that they've successfully got into the Acoustasonic Jazzmaster. This could just be kind of marketing rhetoric, and it's not really there. But what Fender are saying is, because the Jazzmaster and what it's known for is its ties to experimental musicians and musicians who have looked for new sounds and musicians who have pushed the instrument and taken the instrument to new places and taken the possible sounds that you could get out of the instrument to new and previously unheard places because they think that's they say that's the appeal of the jazz master that's why you might pick a jazz master shape over a strat or a telly because of that association um, because of that, when they went for designing new tonal options with the Jazzmaster Acoustasonic, they wanted to focus on not so much just what things could be recreated. So not so much just it's got a bigger body. Do those resonant qualities mean it's going to be better for us to recreate these bigger bodied acoustics or whatever? 
but on sound creation. So they've pitched this as the most versatile instrument that Fender has ever made. I believe that's the exact statement they made. Um, and they've pitched this as a tool for sound, total sound creation. So it's a, it's a slight difference because if you remember when the original Acoustasonic came out and they did, they basically, the Strat kind of basically had the same, roughly the same appeal they were putting as, as the Tele. The idea was versatility was there, but it was about you could cover all your bases. So this was very much digital technology used to recreate something we already had, but with improved practicality. You know, so this, it was very much like an Axe FX kind of thing. It's like, well, I want to take my Marshall stack, but I also want to take my Mesa Boogie on tour, but I also want to take my Deluxe Reverb on tour, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, here's this box that does all of them sound-wise. It's 95% there or as close as we can get, but it's literally this thing which, like, you can fit in this carry case or in a rack unit, and it's there, and there's, you know, all of the reliability issues are gone, but also you don't have to rely on backline companies, but also... You know, you don't have to worry about whether you can get that exact amp there to here to there and have all these complicated systems, right? Everything we talked about being the purpose of digital up to this point and continuing at this point in that episode a couple episodes ago. Well, that was very much the case for the original Acoustasonics. It was about, you know, you're you're playing live and you do acoustic stuff or you have songs which have acoustic parts and you have songs that have electric parts and you want to do both. Very much the realm of the hybrid guitar. Um I talked about that in the electroacoustic episode of what hybrid guitars are trying to do and how the Acoustasonic contributes to that. Because they've done that and they're bringing out the Jazz Master and they're trying to create this different purpose for it so that it stands out from the other two, and because they think the Jazz Master should relate to sound creation and experimentation, whether it's super different or not in practice, again, I haven't got my hands on one. These got announced officially today. If you were in one of the marketing videos, you got your hands on one and that's about it. Um, because they're focusing on this being about sound creation and experimentation, they're presenting this in a different way. And they're presenting it kind of in a way that mirrors what I talked about a couple episodes ago with digital technology. It's not about using digital technology to recreate. That's what the first Acoustasonics did. This one their focus on tweaking the technology and trying to do something a bit different with it is on sound creation. The idea is what tonal possibilities can you get out of this that you can't with any other guitar? And that's the idea. Now, I think it's interesting because people are going to say the technology here is not so different to the Telecaster Acoustasonic, right? Like that could do sound. If this one could do sounds that no other guitar could do, let's say by blending the electric guitar pickup with certain of the acoustic guitar models and running it through a setup where you might have an acoustic amp, you know, AB box acoustic amp with an electric guitar amp, or you might do, yeah, like an ABY thing, you might do a wet dry thing, you might run a bunch of crazy effects on the acoustic part and not on the electric part, and that would be weird. People would will absolutely argue that you can do anything that you can do on this, basically on the Acoustasonic that already existed. I don't really doubt that. Um, I think there are a couple of interesting things in this guitar, as well as the different setups that I've gone through. A couple of the different sounds they've gone in really interest me. Like they got this, because um, it's got a transducer pickup under the bridge as well. Because it's got like three pickup systems. It's got the electric guitar system. It's got the like on the body pickup system. And it's got the um, on the bridge, like under the bridge piezo transducer stuff. Um, there's a sound that's like 
lo-fi transducer is the actual sound and it's like a it's like kind of replicating those piezos that you know the first piezos especially which like had a kind of lo-fi quality to them and like never really sounded like an acoustic they almost sounded like a midi replication of an acoustic guitar there's a sound in the acoustasonic jazz master which is deliberately sounding like that um and i actually think all of the acoustasonic sounds have a slight midi quality to them um i think it's phenomenal technology and i think it does as well as almost anything does at solving the electroacoustic guitar problem again i talked about all this in that episode um i think it does a fan i think it sounds really good um i also think the godan sounds good i also think the taylor stuff sounds good um, and I think there are certain uh, more standard electroacoustic guitar systems, such as from LL Bags or Fishman, which also sound good. But, you know, the, the interesting thing about the, the... They all have their drawbacks, right? They all have things which they nail and they sound good and they don't sound good. I think the fullness and the richness of the, like, bottom end resonance of the Acoustasonics is something they've worked really hard at. Especially, I wonder if that was in part to try and be very convincing in that part because you look at it with this really shallow body and the kind of weird sound hole and you look at it and you go that is not gonna have that rich lush resonance of an acoustic guitar like how can it it's so like thin and it's even got the body contours and stuff like it's gonna sound thin and scratchy um i think they've worked on having the big kind of lush resonant bottom end of acoustics in there and i think that some of that sounds really really nice on the acoustasonics um uh definitely i think if i was going to be you know nitpicking on the drawback which i feel really harsh about doing because such a it's so technologically interesting I, I had this in the electroacoustic guitar episode i was like being really sometimes harsh when i'm talking about the drawbacks of them and it's technologically genius some of this stuff but um you know the thing that's lacking is it does sound a little bit midi-ish to me sometimes like um not full-on but you know if you've ever used like some MIDI instruments or some like, uh, you know, virtual instruments when you can program in MIDI and then switch between virtual instruments and stuff, you have some really interesting, you know, uh, guitar and bass ones, um, which are kind of developing all the time. And I'm not talking about like, you know, using Guitar Pro 3 or something from back in the day or, or whatever, um, you know, like a tab program where you click playback and it's like this really midi guitar obviously the acoustic doesn't sound anything like that but there's a bit of a quality to them which like sounds like some of the way more advanced midi stuff but still sounds kind of like midi it's interesting um it's almost like super advanced tech it just has to have that little like bit of sounding like tech almost um to to describe it really poorly it's just interesting that's where my brain goes it's like it's almost like there was so much so much advanced tech going into the creation of these sounds that it just has to have that little bit of almost programmed sound to it which is kind of interesting um and it's more there in the single notes than the chords i don't think the chords have that uh because they have that kind of lush richness and obviously it's someone playing so it has the dynamics of their fingers on the strings and everything and i think playing a chord that really overrides any sense that there's any digital in there but when someone's playing like quite dynamically even single notes on it including finger picked i think that it has a touch of something digital sounding about it uh which i hate people saying like it sounds digital it's like yeah is it does it though is that just a, a kind of placebo thing where it's a it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy you you've been told that it's digital so it's going to sound digital to you um in a blindfold test would it and i think some of these things wouldn't but i think the acoustasonic would to me because um i was not thinking 
it would have that. I didn't feel like I was predisposed to hearing that kind of slight midi sound. And I feel like I sometimes do. And only sometimes. It's not there all the time for me. Um, sounds fabulous. It's a really nitpicky thing. But it's something that I kind of pick out when I listen to them. Um, you know, I thought that was interesting because in terms of the, the trans transducer lo-fi transducer sound in the Jazzmaster, it's almost playing off that it almost deliberately has a slight midiness to it and that's part of the appeal of that sound which is definitely a sound that's going to appeal more to people wanting to experiment with uh different tones and different tonal layers that is not a a pretty acoustic sound to use and it does that which is interesting um you know the humbucker as well blending the humbucker is not going to blend like the single coils on the original acoustasonics with those acoustic sounds it makes for some pretty different sounds, blending a shorebucker with acoustic, um, especially because it's got like a crunch mode on the shorebuck, you know, playing it with crunch, which is, I'll link to that video, the demonstration of it, with the distortion on there, you know, with this humbucker sound with distortion on it, and then you can blend that with acoustic sounds. That, you know, I might just be falling prey to the marketing, and again, you could do a lot of this stuff, all of this stuff, whatever, on the original Acoustasonics, but with let's just take the marketing let's say that the sounds aren't any more geared the sounds themselves aren't necessarily any more crazy about sound creation than the telly or the strat i could go back and do the same with the acoustasonic telly and strat let's let's say that and let's say even if it all is just marketing or let's say more likely it's mostly marketing but that approach in the business side and the marketing side did interact with and form the new sounds in the jazz master let's say that right so it's a lot of marketing and business stuff but it's also formed the sounds of the Jazzmaster Acoustasonic in such a way that there is more of a propensity and a leaning towards sound creation, new sound creation, sound exploration, rather than just sound recreation. That it just really interests me because that being the case, if we say that that is the case, if you believe that is the case, when you take a look at the, you know, what's being presented from this new Acoustasonic Jazzmaster, it's just interesting because that really struck me as that's the kind of thing I was talking about in my episode a couple episodes ago about where does digital guitar tech go next rather than just recreating sound opening up new possibilities for new sound creation and using the technology with a focus on that rather than recreating something we already have through digital means for for example enhanced practicality that's really interesting now the difference is obviously it's not just the exact same thing for a whole bunch of reasons I could do a bunch of time on. First and foremost, because even if you take it at the, the kind of face value of the Fender marketing, the point is that they have two guitars in their range which are all about recreation of other sounds using digital technology. And then they have the one guitar which they are marketing differently so that it has its own space in their own little market. And they're specifically marketing that as, well, it tends to appeal more towards experimental musicians. And that's not that much of a change because experimental musicians are already now and have been doing for years and years and years have always taken guitar technology which has been intended to recreate this sound or intended for one purpose and have repurposed it for new sound creation. You know, they've they've always been experimental artists that have taken pedals that are supposed to, you know, recreate certain sounds or do certain things. And those experimental artists have used those sounds instead to create a whole new sonic landscape. So... That's really more what Fender are drawing on rather than on a sense that this digital technology has served the purpose or is already serving the purpose of recreating sounds, in this case, classic acoustic guitars as they are in the room, solving the acoustic guitar problem, electroacoustic guitar problem, 
already done that. So let's move with our next steps in digital technology into, in this case, creating a new palette of sounds from a hybrid guitar. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit more about the niche that they want the Jazzmaster Acoustasonic to fit in within the hybrid guitar Acoustasonic landscape. That That's kind of what it's more about. So it's, it is, that's a slightly different movement than what I was talking about in my podcast on digital gear. However, it's it's close enough that it could be part of it. You know, this could be part of it. And other companies could do the same thing where they're always bringing out new products, they're always bringing out different versions of things. They're always kind of dividing their product lines as they expand and expand and, and go, okay, well, now here's a slightly different version of the people who want this. And, you and you know, that's a classic kind of business move is that none of the products have in the range, in the related range, have all of the features you kind of split them so it's a classic thing to do to go well we've got three ones and this one does x this one does y and this one does z and then in the future they might bring out one that does x and y together and then people go oh finally it does both of those things or one that does y and z and then maybe if we're really lucky again further down the line there's one that does x and it does y and it does z you know all together it's a classic kind of thing I'm, i'm wondering if other digital companies you might see this where it's like okay and I think we already are to some extent. I won't go off on a tangent with a bunch of examples, but where it goes, okay, here's, we're digital whizzes. We know how to create all this stuff, but here's our product, which initially is about recreating. It's about getting classic sounds. It's about recreating certain sounds with the practical features and elements of digital products. And then, you know, here's us expanding to something else. And here's not recreation, but here is new creation. And with our understanding of the technology we've got from making this, where can we go next? Goes into new ground and new territory rather than using that technology to recreate you know i think it could still be part of that general movement forward which i talked about a couple episodes ago so it was just, it really caught my eye um way more than i was expecting it to was not expected to come on here and talk about really electroacoustic stuff uh, at all because i'd already done a massive long episode on it at least for a while i wasn't expected to come on and talk about it um unless there was some really new technology this is another acoustasonic it's not got a bunch of new technology in it. It's the same basic elements as are in the Acoustasonics already. The biggest change would be is they change some of the sounds that are on offer, but still using the same technology, really. Updated stuff a little bit, but that has to be expected. Gone for a humbucker rather than a single core. You know, it's not what I... I didn't expect that that to be what I would talk about if I was going to come on and retouch on that electroacoustic guitar problem-solving kind of uh, narrative that I that i put out in that previous episode it was probably going to be something yeah it was going to be something that was a totally new approach um you know go down have this totally new hybrid guitar system that would do it um i didn't think when i heard the kind of leak that uh there was a new body shaped acoustasonic coming didn't think that would do it um but because it just happened to tie in the way that they presented it so much with this thing i talked about a couple episodes ago about digital technology moving towards new new sound creation and focusing on that rather than let's see if we can make something that we already have but with digital i thought that was really interesting so i thought it was worth pointing out um because it really caught my eye for those two things i don't know what's everyone else's thoughts is this is that all marketing do you doubt the product will have any of that if it is all marketing does that still make a difference and is still interesting or is it just a way to try and get your attention get some idiot like me to talk about it for half an hour and then <laughs> job done you've just basically made the same exact product but it looks a tiny bit different could be that um but i think it's an interesting process out there in terms of what the community is focused on digital possibly moving towards a new sound creation could be interesting anyway 
that's enough blabbing on that for today. I want to suggest some music because that's much more interesting to listen to than me rambling on about my own thoughts about acoustasonics or whatever the hell else. Um, yeah, today's music suggestion is an interesting one. Uh, it's from a guitar YouTuber who you might know or you might not know. You might have come across his stuff, his gear reviews, his excellent videos that he does on a whole bunch of guitar stuff. Has his own style, his own way of doing stuff. I could do a whole episode just blabbing on about his stuff. I've watched his channel for a really long time now, like years and years at this point. Um, and I, it was very, very small when I first started watching. And he's stayed absolutely true to what he does the whole time as his channel's grown and expanded. He's got a lot of props from other guitar YouTube people. Uh, he's been featured on their channels. And what I think is really cool is it's all based not upon like him doing something exciting in youtube land or upon like his youtube skills or or you know digital marketing <laughs> bullshit um what he gets props for and noticed for is his playing uh and on top of that his genuineness the way he just presents himself so down to earth in such a genuine way and in such a relatable way um and he seems such a kind genuine relatable person in that way and also his way that he has stuck to his own mode of presentation he stuck to doing things the way that he wants to do them on his channel all this time as it's continued to grow he's stuck to that still and that has really drawn people in as well um and i would say also his knowledge of playing he's done series of how to play like this person how to recreate this person's tone where he goes really in depth i'm not talking about like an eight minute video where it's like you know some gear tips on how to recreate a certain guitar god's tone i'm not talking about you know a 10 minute video on like here's some tips and tricks to start playing a bit like peter green or a bit like john frusciante i'm talking about series of eight videos and each one is an hour long kind of thing on really really going in depth on this person's playing and then when you see his playing you see it in there you see the things that he you know practices what he preaches you see him using these techniques and these things he's talked about that he's gathered from really studying guitar players and he brings that into his own playing and that's you see that's why his playing is so good so expressive but that's a big part of it um he has his own feeling he has his own um his own style and everything that he brings to the guitar of course you need that to be a guitar player that draws people and that interests people but also a lot of that expressiveness and a lot of the ability to create his own expressiveness comes from his deep knowledge of these other players and that's drawn a lot of people in and a lot of praise from people it's still a small channel it's interesting it's almost like he is the you know you get the guitar players guitar player sometimes it's almost like he's the online guitar players guitar player you know he gets props from channels way bigger than him blown away by what he does and he you know he's still um a relatively small channel you know for guitar stuff it's a big channel really but relatively small and I think that's because he sticks to what he does. It's not pandering. It's not following trends, which, let's be honest, does help you grow on YouTube. He does what he does. And I think that he appropriately draws massive praise for that. I'm talking about Dave Simpson. Now, if you don't know Dave Simpson's channel, you should go and check it out anyway for, for, for the playing, for everything guitar. You love gear. You love guitar. You love YouTube gear stuff. You love, you just, you got to go check out his channel. Um, but what he also does which I think is kind of lacking from a lot of, from some guitar YouTube channels. I think some of them, it doesn't make any sense for them to do it. I'm glad that there's all these guitar YouTube channels that do things differently. You know, um, not everyone wants to like put out music 
so they shouldn't all do that but what i think is really cool is that dave does that uh, i don't think it suits every channel so i'll rephrase that um i don't think it's a shame that i'll you know not every channel needs to do it but um it's good to see more of it you know for for the sake if nothing else i mean enjoying great music seeing great players actually do the thing which you should be doing as a great player in a way like make music make expressive music but it's good for all of that music's always good making music's always good we all know that we all know those reasons why it's good for music to be made but it's also kind of like useful when someone's doing like gear stuff which dave does do to have them also showing like the point of it is still this right i might do a 50 minute in-depth review of the boss katana but the point of it is that i do this and that i make music and that's that's there right and that's always ever present because he's constantly also releasing songs that he makes on his channel and he puts them on his channel they're not linked just somewhere else you know i believe he has bandcamp and stuff um yeah he has bandcamp and everything I've, I've i've got stuff on there before but anyway um but he doesn't just you know link to that in the description of a video that's there on the channel and even if it gets less views or that pulls people in less because if people want a gear channel they want a gear channel it doesn't matter this is about his guitar playing and everything to do with that and just presenting you know a new and expensive pedal i got the point of it is still that it gets to making music and that's here what he also does is he plays a lot on his demos and that might sound dumb but think about guitar videos you know even like the ones i do on access and play it's like as you can tell i have trouble shutting up and there's a lot of talking and with dave stuff like a man do you get playing and i think the thing that draws a lot of people to dave's channel as well is that when he plays it's not so kind of broken down into logical playing you get stuck in logical playing when you do guitar videos like the little videos and stuff i do for axes and blades it's like the same thing right and it makes sense it makes sense it's not a criticism like it, it makes sense and that's why i do it sometimes too but it's something i've questioned and i think the way dave does it is unique and there's room for all the different approaches in the guitar landscape you know you have all these youtube channels it's not like one succeeds the other goes bankrupt it's, there's room for all of them um in terms of in our minds and in the different things we like even as individuals we like a bunch of different ones but especially across the community different people like them and you know just purely in that sense of one they're not in competition with each other in that way so in the sense of existing they can all exist and that's great but what i think is great about the way dave does it is he's like what do we like about this is the way i see it anyway. it's not the way he presents it but he plays like a lot and he doesn't get stuck in logical playing and he plays what he wants to play on the product and then he will do sound snippets in the thing showing off features showing off interesting things it does but a lot of the playing and the big long jams he does are just him getting inspired by the sounds he's creating and it actually makes so much more sense in a way again there's room for all these different approaches but there's a certain sense to that that's so kind of obvious when you think about it but gets missed because of the process of making videos you fall into this logical playing where you go i want to show this sound so i will do x i want to show this sound so i will do y dave doesn't do that he kind of finds the sound he likes and then he gets inspired and he makes beautiful music in the video like he will make a track with jam stuff and and you know he'll like loop in some some drums and stuff and make this beautiful free jam semi-improvised track and you go well does that really show off the product and you go well why do we all want to buy Les Pauls? Because we saw someone doing that with them. We saw someone get in the moment, get in the zone, 
and make incredible music. And to be honest, that's when they sounded their best. You know, is the greatest Les Paul tone you've ever heard on a record or at a performance or on a live album? Or was it in a YouTube demo? It's a little harsh because arguably the greatest players in the world aren't necessarily doing YouTube demos. They're the ones filling the stadiums. Okay, right? But when you come down to why you even care about Les Pauls and why we all have this ongoing obsession that's still there, that the ever-present figure, it's because of people getting inspired, getting up there and making incredible music that blew us away. And we went, what is that? I want to do that. So that's kind of what Dave does. But in the realm of YouTube, he goes, I'm, I find the thing that makes inspired. And then he gets inspired and he makes incredible, and he gets lost in the zone and he plays these massive, like, you're watching a video and you're like, I don't know when the review is going to start because we're 16 minutes in and he's he's still creating music. And you go, well, that kind of is the best YouTube demo ever, isn't it? It's just like on the fly watching this guy get lost out of pure love for what he's doing. You know, that's a beautiful thing you put into the world and it's an amazing thing to see and it's actually what it's all about. Whether we're talking gear or music, that is for both what it is all about. And that's an amazing thing and something I've always loved and respected his channel for for a long time amongst the many other things I've just gushed on about. I think as well, just as a final note, this is not the most important thing to me and I don't think it should be the most important thing, but just as a final note as well, if you want to be really like cold and business-like about it and you go, I want my product to get eyes on it in a really positive way on YouTube. If you think of it as pure marketing, right, which isn't what Dave's channel is about, but if you think of it as pure marketing and I was to send Dave Simpson a thing or to send any YouTuber a thing, Dave's approach also makes total sense in that way, doesn't it? Because it is a really attractive way to see the product. You know, if I want to tell people exactly what all the different modes are and what all the buttons do and blah, 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 well, I can do that on my website. I can do that on my own YouTube channel video. I do that constantly on my social media posts. If I'm sending it to a musician, it kind of makes sense that the thing that they would do out of it is make music with it and just get lost in making music with it and show how it inspires them. And that's going to be actually the most positive thing for fans, which equals potential customers, I guess, in this case, to see. So I think that's the cool thing about his channel is that it actually works from every angle because it's this really down-to-earth space where you're watching a musician, an incredible musician, get inspired and do something they love. And so that's an amazing thing in itself. If it has nothing to do with marketing, good, because it's fantastic. But what's funny to me is like, even if you were a purely marketing-minded person or you were like, I don't have time to think about what's beautiful. I've got to market my new Tube Screamer ripoff. Um, that's the most important thing in the world. Uh, if that was your viewpoint, it's still like, I'd still be like, yeah, we'll probably send it to Dave Simpson because he's going to make it, he's going to create something beautiful and inspiring with it. And when we see that, that's when we tend to be interested in gear. You know, no, no, there's not, I don't think there's that many people who got interested in gear and then were like, what's that you do with it? Music. Oh, I'll check that out. So I'll check that out second. It's it's all about the music every time. Um, and that's why I think what he does would make the most sense, even on that level. But to be honest, I don't really care about that level. What I care about is the level of its fantastic music. It's great fun. His channel's fun. We're talking about gear and guitars. It should be fun. Should be should have a sense of humor to it. It's got all that. Should be a good time, should be inspiring, should focus back on the music and making music and getting inspired and having fun and hanging out and meeting like-minded people and all of those things. 
And that's kind of what Dave Simpson's channel is all about. And that's why I've uh, I've loved his stuff for a very long time. Speaking of it should be all about the music, though, you might be wondering how this is going to be my music suggestion for the day. Well, like I said, Dave is always putting out music. And so I want you to go and check out his channel in general. But what I will link to in the description of the podcast is one of his tracks. I'll just pick one at random. I might pick one of the new ones. Some of his new stuff has like using some kind of synth stuff to make uh, like ambient textures underneath. And then he creates these beautiful solos over the top of it, um, uh, which which is awesome stuff. I might link one of those. Um, and you could just bear in mind that if you're not into the use of the keys on there as well, he has a ton of stuff, which is all straight up guitar stuff. Um, if you're more into that. Uh, I remember years ago, I bought a CD that he did. He did a CD called For John, which was kind of a celebration of John Frusciante, who's a huge influence on him um, and inspiration for him, which was really cool. But I'll link to something on here. I'll probably just pick one at random, whatever catches my eye from listening to it recently. And um, just bear in mind that you can take that also as the link to his channel because it'll be a video from his channel. So there you're already right there you can click through to his channel as well check out his other songs and just check out everything he does and subscribe to him because i don't think there's that many more worthwhile channels like do you know how kind of to sound like an absolute wank stain for a minute kind of nourishing and good for you it is as a guitarist to like just watch without like kind of production bells and whistles all around it without it kind of being mincemeated through marketing just to see a pure insight kind of fly on the wall thing of watching someone who's super inspired be themselves be very genuine and get genuinely inspired with their instrument constantly in all sorts of interesting ways it's just fucking good for you man as a guitarist as a music lover like it's just good for you it's good stuff so i've linked to that i'll link to a random track like i say because uh i want to shout out his music as well because it's fantastic his playing's amazing and i i think um he's got that spirit of like it all it's all about the music and so it makes sense for me to link to his music uh but just take that also as a link to his channel well worth checking out so anyway i've blabbed on for way too long i'm gonna go play some guitar now um i'm going to take my own advice shut up and play guitar you don't need to shut up i assume you've been listening instead of talking um you can talk over it it's probably much more interesting if someone else wants to have a conversation with you um i won't be offended (laughs) but um no, please do go check out Dave's channel. I'm sure that'll get you inspired, get you wanting to play your guitar yourself. And that's always what it's about, right? So go do that. Be sure to take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. I will catch you again tomorrow.